0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Decouple podcast, where we explore the science and technologies that can decouple human well-being from its ecological impacts and the politics that can make decoupling possible. So today on Decouple, I'm joined by John Alberg. He's the co-founder of Carnful Energy, which is Sweden's first 100% nuclear electricity provider. The service allows consumers to choose to power their lives with nuclear-only energy. The company hopes to be able to build up ground support needed to enable the next generation of nuclear power, including waste recycling and decarbonization of all energy sectors reliably and securely, which has been suggested by the IPCC, whose models call for a five to nine times increase in global nuclear energy. John, it's a pleasure having you on the show. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Chris. It's a pleasure to be on the show. That was quite the introduction,
0: huh? (laughs) Well, I took it off your website, but uh, I think it summarizes things well.
1: Well, it's it's pretty much what we're up to, yeah. This uh, Swedish startup that we're running, me and my my, my co-founder Christian, um, been been at it for uh, it's getting up to a year now. We we launched on um, August fourth last year with a press release that had a big splash, in, and just been building on the traction that we got from there on. So it's it's it's
0: uh, excellent, it's cool. We'll get into a lot of detail on that, but I I wanted to start off, and one of the reasons I was really excited to speak to you is because. You know, just as, um, you know, Americans look to Canada as being a little bit of an oasis of, you know, a a functional society with a good social democratic base um, and and healthy social programs. I mean, we have universal health care, for God's sakes, unlike America. (laughs) A a lot of Canadians kind of look to Sweden as our big brother in terms of, um, you know, having even more generous social programs and seeming to be a fairly harmonious society. How did Swedes go from being a land of bloodthirsty Vikings to uh, a model of social harmony, or am I getting this all wrong?
1: No, I think you're. I think you're right. Um, but I also think that Canada has really caught up with Sweden in, in terms of how to build a sustainable and, and good um, society. Um, but Sweden's a great place. I, you know, my I've I've lived abroad for many years, and and. Uh, living in japan and in in, in in france and in the uk it's uh, coming back to sweden and really understanding the the depths of of the society and 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 the, the opportunities that we have and give our children and give ourselves it, it, it's something that's you know truly remarkable i think in an international um, contrast so so um you know, but I, I, I've, you know, the, the little I know about uh, Canada, it, it seems like you're on track as well, and we share the same uh, interest in, in nuclear energy as well. So, <laughs>
0: well, I'm glad you guys have such a high opinion of us. I mean, the grass is definitely always greener in the other yard. But... Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, first off. Um, I read a great book a little recently called "A Bright Future: How Some Countries Have Solved Climate Change and How the Rest Can Follow" by Joshua Goldstein and Stefan Quist, Who's he's a Swedish guy, right?
1: He is. Yeah. Yeah. So he's yeah. A close so friend
0: now. They describe this miraculous form of energy that you know only requires like a single truckload of fuel per year to power cities of millions, and you know all this while releasing no CO two or harmful air pollution. And they call it CarnCraft. And I gotta say, I love this word. It sounds like a, a fun activity I might do with my my kid on a on a Sunday afternoon. Um, does does Karncraft carry the same stigma and association with things like nuclear weapons? Um, you know, even with such a wholesome sounding word. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Yeah. I mean, because uh, because uh, the nuclear
1: weapons are Karn, uh, shan weapon, Karn weapons. So it's uh, it's oh, basically. No. Yeah. So it, it, it does. But uh, but you're right. I think that's one of the peculiar things about the brand that we've got going. Shan full energy. It's it's a Karn full energy. And is of course, the international way of pronouncing it. But Shan full means uh, vigorous, but it also shares half of the uh, half of the, the, the word from from. So, so it's, um, you know, there's there's that word really gets people um, provoked in some some instances, mm-hmm. but less and less so, I think. I mean, it's really, we've seen some incredible turnaround in terms of public opinion in Sweden in, in, in the last, um, you know, two years, I think, um, the way they look at how nuclear and, you know, it really resonates with people now. The, uh, the this magical, uh, like uh, like Joshua and, and Stefan explains it. It, it, it is truly remarkable what you can do with with you know this very high energy dense uh, um,
0: electricity production. Mm-hmm. So, again, one of the reasons I was uh, excited to speak with the Swede is, <laughs> you know, most of us, uh, at least in North America, um, when we think about nuclear energy, we're drawing on extensive studies of um, a television co- show called The Simpsons. Uh, <laughs> um, and that gave us, um, you know, I guess this idea that, um, you know, nuclear power plants are run by a cabal of evil capitalists <laughs> who want to centralize see. and control energy, cut corners, squeeze out profit. That doesn't sound like an image that fits so much with the Swedish social democratic model. Um, <laughs> I guess we have our Mr. Burns
1: over here as well, but uh, but I mean it's it's always been a state run program. This this um, the nuclear energy program in Sweden. It's it's been you know held by by companies Vattenfall, whose majority owner is of course the state. So there's the the the, the guy in charge. I, w- I was listening to an interview with him uh, uh, yesterday, and he's he's as far away from Mr. Burns as he can get. I think. Uh, of course Simpson was a big show everywhere. So Sweden also has that three-eyed fish kind of thinking to 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 what nuclear energy is or at least used to be. But I mean, I haven't seen Simpsons for on TV for 20 years or something. So I think that's kind of going away. And I love I love Simpsons, right? Everyone loves Simpsons, but I think they really did a big disfavor by 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 you know putting uh, putting nuclear energy as as something horrible, whereas you know you would expect Lisa Simpson to pop up and just go. <laughs> This is amazing. You have to understand what we do here. We're doing no emission uh, electricity production you know, on a very little, uh, you know, plot of land. <laughs> but, but you know, you can't have it all.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I think Sweden. When I was reading up on you guys, um, had one of the fastest um, rates. You know, even though this was unintentional, I think this was happening <laughs> in the 70s and 80s. Um, you guys managed to decarbonize your electricity really, really fast. Um, and I think that's why Stefan Quist was holding you guys up as, you know, as a model for the world in terms of you know, how we can get to what the IPC is, IPCC is calling for in terms of deep decarbonization.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, the talk about being on a podcast called "The Couple" that's exactly what Sweden did better than you know pretty much any country. I think France may be up there as well, which is also one of those golden examples in 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 that book. Um, but but I mean, it's exactly that. And I think a lot of credit to to the social democrats who really pushed through the the uh, the nuclear program in in the '70s and and heading into the '80s, where we just built nuclear power plants and made sure that we had you know hydro electric production in the north of Sweden you know Sweden's a long country if you like very very long distances uh, with with uh, you know very little population Um, so we have hydroelectric dams in the north and then we built these uh, great nuclear power plants in the south and and uh, um, it was done in a very short period of time and and it made sure that our GDP could continue to grow whilst we were really uh, decreasing our emissions at the same time. Of course, back in the 70s, 80s, this wasn't you know a big thing. It was probably only Margaret Thatcher talking about climate change at this stage. But more... <laughs> 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 but but of course it was it was it was good because you know what what comes even if you don't know or care about climate change, then you're always going to like clean air better than dirty air. And I think in terms of Um, emissions and and all the particles coming from the fossil fuel electricity production getting rid of that made a lot of sense to people back then as well so Mm -hmm. so i think that's probably one of the reasons as well but it's uh, you know we have i think even even,
0: yeah even though we we take it for granted another big factor is that it produces really reliable electricity which is you know something that you know again we take for granted in the uh in the you know in the industrialized West, but yeah. something certainly when you go over to uh, developing countries, that's they place a pretty high premium on that because they're living with brownouts and blackouts pretty regularly. Exactly, and
1: I think I mean there's there's some, I mean that's the key reason why I really got interested in, in in trying to promote nuclear energy, you know, out of Sweden, but but you know making it popular here will probably have you know effects around the world because you have a billion people that live without any electricity and you have another billion people that have intermittent electricity in the world still today. And, you know, and, you know, electricity poverty is such a massive problem. And, and if you look at the options for you know African countries or, 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 or Pakistan or wherever, you're going to end up with, with um, the need of baseload energy, because this, this, you know, these outages, they are just not, um, um acceptable in in, in, in mm-hmm. a modern world. And and I think, you know, of course that's like really zooming out far from the Swedish situation, but we have, you know, we have what we think the world should have. You know, according to that book, Sweden's grid, where you have forty percent hydro, forty percent nuclear, in and twenty percent renewables, um, is is the ideal setup. I think uh Stefan Christ and, and his co-author Joshua Goldstein calls it uh, newables, like nuclear and renewables together. It's a perfect, mm-hmm. perfect, um, concept. We've had that for, for, you know, 30 years, 40
0: years. And that, and that was motivated by the, uh, was it the OPEC crisis or yeah. what was the, what was the motivation?
1: Yeah, I guess a lot of things, uh, um, you know, opportunity as well, but, uh, we've also been very, very, inno- in, you know, innovation oriented. So, so when, when there was a chance to, um, to really... uh... Build electricity that could be reliable and didn't need to have huge amounts of fuel imported. Then, I think Sweden, in that context, just saw a good opportunity to, to become self-dependent on on uh, electricity production. And, you know, it's not until now, when people write, you know write the books <laughs> like this one, that we realize how clever that was. Um, and and now we're also realizing we're kind of getting out of it, which is the, the you know the driving factor of of why. Um, Carnival energy makes a lot of sense in the Swedish context, even though we already have the perfect grid. It's because we're now yeah, decided <laughs> to to get out of it, <laughs> and and, it, and of course, it, that, yeah, that that's kind of the it, last week. Just to give you a contemporary um, situation, because the Swedish. Uh, uh parties always very consensus driven set up an agreement back in 2016 about you know the energy agreement of how we should become 100 percent renewable by 2040 um and, and and that kind of left us in a in a in, in, in a pickle and it's only now what uh, four years afterwards um where we've seen the owners of nuclear power plants in the South of Sweden, you know, decreasing their, their investments and also shutting down. We shut down, um, one of the reactors, um, over, you know, over Christmas and we're having another one shut down over, over next Christmas. And, and it's, it's, uh, already last week, which was a very warm week and, and, and very low, um, levels of con- consumption across Sweden people, you know, are, are, are partly because of COVID of course, but also it's becoming summer, summer months here so yet. We had to, we had to import energy from Poland, Lithuania, Germany, oh, no. and Denmark. Well, listen, and then we had to find an old oil power, um, uh, factory to, to, to burn oil. So we burnt, uh, I think it was like 5,000 megawatts hours of, of oil last week, just to keep Sweden, um, running <laughs> in, in 2020 where we have, you know, we've shut down our, our reactors and the grid needs stability. And that's what you said before. I mean, there's so much other stuff that comes with, with, um, with uh, base baseload energy and stability, you know, inertia, etc. cetera, that, that that's needed to keep a country running. And, We have huge transmission problems in Sweden. So the hydro is in the north of Sweden, like I said, and most of the wind, uh, mills are up in in the north of Sweden as well. So the electricity in north of Sweden is abundant and very cheap. But then we don't have tr- transmission enough to come and to take it to the south of Sweden, where people actually live, and we have our factories and, and uh, you know everything. Um, so so you end up importing, you end up burning, um, you know biomass and and oil, and just to, to keep us alive during a during a summer week. So you can just imagine what will happen <laughs> come come winter uh, when when this because the solution. So this week we're fine again because the 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 people that the company that is in charge of of the the national grid paid you know 30 million euros to the nuclear reactor to turn back on the reactor <laughs> so no so, way yeah. Yeah. so so and, and now that's working right but the problem is that reactor is going to be shut off permanently at the end of the year and huh. and you know come January minus 10 minus 15 degrees and there's no wind. I I seriously don't know how we're going to do it because there's not going to be enough energy to import and there's not going to be enough oil or biomass to burn. So,
0: Well, I mean, the mantra mantra in climate change is that we need to electrify everything in terms of decarbonizing, (laughs) you know, heating, which France has done actually, and uh, decarbonizing (laughs) transportation. Again, I think France has uh, 55% of their uh, rail traffic at least uh passenger rail traffic is uh is decarbonized because it's electrified i think mostly Correct. with nuclear I mean, fleet France, but yeah, we France need more good. electricity production you know even if we were going to put more led light bulbs in for all these other sectors exactly. and i
1: think yeah. i mean that's that's exactly why you know i wasn't even in this business right but it was it was so clear when you looked at the facts partly what ipcc were saying about nuclear energy being a pivotal part of how we're, we're going to fix this but also that that wasn't resonating in how sweden was acting um and 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 like you said you know electricity is only a very small part of the energy consumption in 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 a country and and we're far away from electrifying our vehicles and and our our industries and uh, and transport sector in in sweden And, and and so you cannot have you know too much clean electricity in sweden or anywhere in in this you know decades ahead and and considering the, the the perfect geographical position of Sweden in terms of no you know seismologic issues or, or earthquakes or anything going on, we are you know where we've had our reactors historically are perfect positions to to create nuclear energy for export, and so mm-hmm. so that's what we're doing, trying to do at Chanteful, trying to get as many Swedish you know rational environmentalists as we call them or or people that are you know looking at the facts to actually vote with their wallets and change their own household um, tariffs to a 100% nuclear tariff to build up the hype and the promotion around nuclear energy does that mean that i think that we should have 100% nuclear electricity no of course not this is this is a way to build momentum and try to get people talking about what can you do with a lifetime of clean energy and <laughs> and you're not going to get that by 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 you know having wind and solar and hydro alone, and you know biomass, I'm very happy to see now is getting more and more attention in terms of how heavy the emissions are. And in, in the short term, it's it's really it's really not a good choice. And and I think biomass, if you look at the part of the renewable mix in the European Union, biomass is by far the largest one. And and you know that's that's really not. We need to come from a place where we're uh, you know governments are looking to have 100% renewable electricity to where we say we want 100% sustainable least possible emission energy and and mm-hmm. and, and, and and that's a big difference between that because then you're not ruling out <laughs> nuclear energy which pretty much is is the best way to 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 fill the gaps between when the wind is blowing and the sun is shining and in a world where we're you know I, you know, I'm a big Elon Musk fan, but, you know, we're not going to be able to build grid-sized batteries. That's just, that would be insane. We need batteries and and the metals that go into batteries. We need to put those into vehicles, into boats and planes. We need to have baseload energy. And it's funny because baseload is always one of those LOL things for the, for people that are, you know, anti-anti-nuclear, but when i see the offshore wind parks now coming they're always talking about oh we're approaching capacity factors of 50% so this means that that, that it's baseload and 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 then you look at what you can do with your nuclear power plants i mean you're up at 87 in sweden i think 92% in the us and this is when you know you can push these puppies harder and and there's so much innovation happening in this space that never reaches outside of the realm of, of, you know, people that are already knowledgeable about it. So it's, um, it's, yeah. Yeah. I, th- yeah, I
0: think um, one of the interesting problems with these ideas of these grid scale batteries is a, I mean, they'll consume all of the available <laughs> <laughs> minerals that that uh, we need for all these other purposes, like you were saying, but they add extra CO2 emissions onto the, the life cycle emissions of each of these renewable technologies. So, you know, I mean, like, Solar, which is already, I think, the according to the IPCC, it's four times, you know, more um, carbon yep. intense than nuclear. But then you add on, you know, all the batteries and all yep. the transmission lines, and, and you're getting up to, you know, the level. I mean, not well, quite Fossa, natural gas, I don't think, no, but, but
1: you're almost up there. I mean, and it's and it's it's. I think what needs to happen on a policy level across the European Union and I guess everywhere is you put a you put a cap. This electricity grid cannot go above fifty grams of CO2 per kilowatt hour. You know, this mm-hmm. is the law. If you enforce that, then you're going to have if you've been to electricitymap.org, this beautiful website, then you're going to be able to see countries go green because they're going to be forced <laughs> to come beneath that that threshold and 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 the, the way you can do that is not by, you know, greenwashing away, um, uh, you know, and 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 I guess that's one of those things that I also i'm very happy to see my my fellow sweet greta thunberg um uh in her in her latest um uh radio talk she was she was explaining how greenwashing in terms of certificates and offsetting emissions and paper accounting solutions how how, how, how wrong that is and that's something that we need to put the spotlight on uh, spotlight on i think um you know i saw this last week uh holland signed an agreement with Denmark to buy uh, guarantees of origin from windmill production electricity in Denmark to clean the Dutch grid, which is, you know, completely separated grids and has nothing to do with reality. And, and, you know, this is one of those things that people are not um, aware of, if you like. And it was also one of the reasons why I started a electricity supplier company was to actually get people talking about. What does 100% nuclear or 100% wind or 100% solar, or 100% renewable uh, contract actually mean? Because electricity doesn't work that way. I mean, electricity is not stored. It's the closest production site that brings electricity to your to your outlet, and that is a mix of different um, different uh, productions. And, and, and then the way you work with guarantees of origin is you, you look at the consume what you've consumed over a year. And then companies like my own company, look at that for each household and say, okay, Chris has used, you know, 15,000 kilowatt hours. I will now on his behalf, purchase the guarantees of origin from the, uh, from, from the producers of nuclear energy, because that's what he wants to support. And then I buy those certificates and then I, uh, destroy them (laughs) and that's, and that's the way that you use certificates to, to, to show the market interest in X, Y, Z, you know, uh, wind or solar or, or, stuff. and no one had done this with nuclear before we did it. And it wasn't until we did it and did it with nuclear that the media asked the question. So how can you guarantee that I will have 100% nuclear energy? And we could start the conversation about this. And 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 we have to understand that. I mean, yes, it has it has an impact that you decide to have 100% you know X tariff, because in the long run, that is um, really going to help you uh, steer you know the, the 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 attraction and the popularity of that specific. Um, Power source, but, but. So in the case
0: of, in the case of Carnful, um, uh, this, I, I guess people are paying a little premium on their electricity well, bill. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. So, yeah, but not so we're, much.
1: I mean, because the, yeah. the, these guarantees of origin are also, that's another d- problem with them. They're, they're too cheap. So, people yeah. don't even know in Sweden most of the time that they're buying 100% renewable because that's pretty mm-hmm. much every contract is out of the box 100% renewable. But all milieu of all, good envir- environmental choice from one of these lobby organizations in Sweden. So they have a little logo. And that means that it's coming from. Um, you know, hydro and and wind and and solar that's living up to certain standards and 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 so I where where does
0: the money where does the money go to that you guys are, are collecting is it is it going but for the uh, for
1: the guarantees of origin they 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 go back to the producers and but I mean then then you buy you buy the um, you buy the electricity off a, a stock exchange in in Oslo so it's a Nordic joint where you have Norway Denmark Sweden Finland all the Baltic uh, countries are are purchasing their electricity from the same stock exchange and that's how you make sure that people get electricity um, and that electricity is just a residual mix of of whatever electricity is produced within that zone and then you add the premium if you like uh, on top of 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 each of those uh, consumed kilowatt hours um but it's it's so very little so it's more of a steering more of a mm-hmm you know, uh, a, a proof point than actual bringing money. And when the money that we're, we're subsidizing renewables with in Sweden is coming from another um, certificate. So you have these guarantees of origin and then GOES, and then you have these EL certificat, the certificates of electricity that every um, company needs to pay on behalf yeah. of getting a renewable um, electricity grid. So there's subsidies, but these are not, the guarantees of origin are not subsidies. They're more of a steering um, right kind of thing. and then for carnful we've added another you know small very small premium on top to bring an additional fund that we can allocate on behalf of our customers and our advisory board which is has some some prominent uh, names on it um we will find you know maybe it's a the first year is not going to be massive so maybe we'll find a scholarship or something that we can mm-hmm. help fund or and and just try to bring money back into nuclear um, uh, uh, you know, but at this point, it seems like it's, it's
0: largely, uh, you know, as a way for people to be able to vote with their wallets and, exactly. and to take a stand and to, to become more aware. Um, speaking of becoming more aware, I mean, I think one of Sweden's um, most recognizable exports um, recently, as you mentioned, is uh, Gre- Greta Thunberg.
1: Greta Thunberg, yeah.
0: Yeah, my pronunciation is not there yet, my friend. But you know, she came to Canada, and, and uh, there were a hundred thousand people that marched in the streets of Montreal. So, I mean, Montreal is a city of, I think, around two million. I might be off on that, but you know, it was a really significant demonstration. I think she's done a, an admirable job putting yeah. climate on the on the agenda. Um, but you know, it's it's interesting. Like, I live in Ontario, which is um, you know, province in Ontario, sorry, province in Canada, which. Um, has some of the cleanest electricity in the world. I
1: think, and you know, I was right. I think you're down yeah. to what twelve grams or something like this now. You know, it varies grams.
0: day by day, but yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty extraordinary. Yeah. Um, and you know, as a resident of Ontario, um, you know, someone who's becoming very concerned about climate change over the last few years, you know, I have a, a almost two year old son thinking about you know what the 2050s are going to look like for him um, yeah. and what I could do about it. Um, and just realizing, hey, in my backyard, we're, we're actually doing an amazing job. Um, and I think I think that holds true for Sweden as well. We're kind of brothers in, in low CO2 electricity. Right. Um, what do you think explains um, Greta's, you know, if, at best sort of lukewarm attitude towards nuclear? But really, I think it's a pretty anti-nuclear position.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, that is the thing that she's missing. Because like you said, she, it's admirable the kind of uh, attention that she brings to this question. And, and the same with me. I have three daughters between the age of eight and, and newborn. And and that's the reason. I guess it's a midlife crisis. I don't know. I'm turning 40 in, in two years' time. so So maybe it's just like how can I make sure that the world's going to be fantastic for these, these kids? It's egoistic. But then I started thinking about these things. And I guess that's the reason why you've set up this, this prominent podcast as well. You know, you want to actually do something. And I think, you know, looking at the generation younger than us, we Greta and then, people coming behind her, they're going to be very fact oriented. There was a, there was a famous Swedish, um, author who sadly passed away, um, a few years ago, but his name was Hans Rosling. And he wrote this book, factfulness and the, the gap minder organization, which was a very Swedish way of looking at facts, you know, and the world is improving. I think, you know, the, one of our advisors is, um, uh, uh, Stephen Pinker, um, the, the professor from, from, from Harvard, He's, uh, he, he was a big fan of Hans Rosling and, and, and you know the way of explaining what happens in the world and how we're progressing and what's getting better. And that kind of fact-thirsty, no-nonsense generation, I think Greta is spearheading that and trying to get out there. And of course, I wish that she, you know, we can only ask so much of her. I think she's done a tremendous job And, but I, you know, that was really heartbreaking to me when she did her summer speech this, this other week and she she was still hell bent on nuclear being um, risky or whatever she, Mm -hmm. she she claimed. And it's just such a lost opportunity. I'm thinking, you know, give it another 12 months, you know, because now we see I, you know we've seen um, AOC what's her name Alex, uh, Alexandria ortiz Cortez Ocasio Cortez yeah <laughs> no, sorry <laughs> and and we've seen her come forward and say nuclear is part of the green new deal we've seen um, Zion Lights was it the the extinction rebellion um, activist that that you know became uh, pro nuclear and, and and advocate for nuclear and you know i i'm i'm pretty sure that we're not going to be able to have, you know, the next generation of leaders and 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 um, uh, you know uh, role models not care <laughs> about the truth. You know, looking yeah. at the grid, what makes Ontario, Sweden, Iceland, uh, New Zealand, um, uh, France? You know, what is it that makes some countries actually meet the goals? If we say that it's the bar at fifty grams of Of uh, carbon dioxide per kilowatt Mm -hmm. hour, for example. And, and, and I'm, you know, that's why I'm hopeful, you know, Uh, and, and we're also, you know, but nuclear has, of course, because it's been bashed around, Sweden alone has probably cost, you know, the back blow for, for nuclear more than any other, you know, individual country, because we made some incredibly stupid decisions after uh, the chernobyl accident where you know sweden was really talk about spearheading we were probably the best country in the world in terms of engineering around nuclear electricity building all these reactors and and and, you know having an incredible safety record on these things and then chernobyl happened and the swedish government put in enforced a law (laughs) from the year uh, 1986 to 2006. so 20 years it was it was called the thought forbidden law it's even sounds chinese you know you need to google tank <laughs> for the buds the, the and this law entailed that you are not allowed to innovate and and calculate anything with regards to nuclear energy for the domestic market in sweden and you wow. can imagine you can imagine what that does to a country of of Spotify's and Skype's and H&M's and IKEA's and and you know this innovation hub and we're leading the pack in creating electricity that is clean, reliable, scalable, takes up very little land and this is what we're doing and then rah, nothing more yeah you know and, and and no 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 one touch it you know don't look at it it's like it's like you know after titanics telling people you know don't don't draw, draw any more boats please we don't need any more boats and and is there and- a
0: component of of like culture wars um in sweden and in, in regards to nuclear i always find I- it's interesting i also find it's interesting that you'll find um you know in the us in particular the political right and in canada as well actually oh, yeah. you know we've, yeah. we've recently come around to looking at developing small modular reactors um, which could be particularly helpful in decarbonizing mining and empowering small communities, so they're not, you know, having to ship diesel up into the far north and spilling it everywhere and choking <laughs> the air in their communities. Um, and it's it's kind of the right wing premiers that have uh, you know signed a memorandum of understanding on this and are pursuing yeah. it, um, but. You know, that's why I kind of look to Sweden, because this is a country that's, you know, very much thought of as a, an area that's, you know, where the left has has triumphed in a lot of ways in terms of its social democratic model. Um, you know, and, and so that's where I point people to when they, when they, you know, my my fellow, you know, left or soft left uh, friends, you know, I say, well, look at Sweden. This is a country that, um, you know, through a nationalized industry, did this huge build out and decarbonized their electricity. Um, is, is France, it, France is, is also, I right? guess,
1: you know, France is also from a socialized, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and 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 also did the same kind of uh, quantum leap of of building and decoupling uh, at the same time, and and I, I feel- mean that's
0: that's also something that you know, I I guess I'm trying to look at in the podcast is, you know, if if we really want to meet our climate goals, this is an ambitious project, right? When we talk about new deals and green new deals, I mean oh, these are. Yeah. The history of these these activities is it's it's a massive shift and it's only really been accomplished when there's you know large state intervention right in terms of the mesmer plan in france or or what you guys accomplished in sweden or what we did in ontario um, so just getting back to that, is is there a, like a left right split in in Sweden yeah. on the nuclear issue? Yeah, unfortunately there is, Chris, and
1: and it's really for someone who, like me who, who I'm not you know I don't care about politics when you know and and, and, and that sounds a bit you know wishy washy, but it's not. I come from a you know a liberal kind of centre family upbringing, and and this question.
0: Which is downright communist, right? If you if you lived yeah, in Sweden, exactly, yeah, exactly, right.
1: And that's what you have to keep in mind. Even the far right wing of Sweden would be pretty damn moderate, uh, you know, moderate in, in in another context. So, well, I guess the worst uh, of of the crop may not, but 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 you're absolutely right. And this is something that's incredibly harmful. Which is why I like the idea of this energy agreement in Huvudlandskommunen, where all parties, we do a lot of consensus in Swedish Parliament. We sit down. We look at what do we want to accomplish, and then we haggle. And the problem here was that the Green Party managed to, 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 to sway everyone into saying, well, the goal of 2040 is 100% renewables, but it doesn't exclude nuclear energy. And, of course, that was clever. And uh, the, 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 the other parties, I mean, it's pretty much five parties, I think, that are out of 10 or, or nine, maybe, that are pro-nuclear. That are actively pro-nuclear and especially so now following last week's uh, <laughs> conundrum when we didn't have electricity suddenly you know everyone loves nuclear on that side of the spectrum and on the right on the left side of the spectrum the social democrats are not making any comments and the green party is saying well there will be batteries or there will be you know storage and, and stuff and, and 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 it is a pol- it's a politized question and that was something that was incredibly important from day one with the uh, cornfield energy and I guess also because we had lived abroad, we weren't part of the Swedish political landscape, neither me or my co-founder, Christian. We just said, we realized when we launched a press release, one of the first things that happened was a right-wing politician retweeted it and sent it out. And, you know, and we just said, whoa, let's not, you know, let's not follow or like, or, you know, let's, let's try to, you know, so we are, I mean, if that's probably a reason why we're not growing as quickly on our Twitters, et cetera, is because we're not following anyone. And we're not liking anyone because we want to bring facts without being tarnished with any kind of politic, um, you know, extra layer on top of it. And, 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 and by doing so, we've become kind of a, you know, trusted um, party if you like, uh, for, for people to refer to in, 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 the conversation in Sweden now. So I think our Twitter accounts are, you know, helpful in that way, but it is a, it's, it's, of course it's politics and it's ridiculous. Why is it, you know, it shouldn't be because this is, this is about how we have, you know, these are the, these are the hygiene factors of any society. How do we have electricity enough to drive our, you know, country in terms of all the energy sectors that's not you know being a communist or being a nazi or whatever it's it's about it's about you know the standard things and 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 we need to ensure that this stuff gets back on the table we get up in the saddle and we say okay guys apparently we need to have baseload energy and we have hydro in the north we need to have nuclear in the south and we need to, mm-hmm. i mean this is going to happen again and it's not going to be you know, I would I would guarantee you the 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 Prime Minister of Sweden, uh, Stefan Löfven from the Social Democrats, he used to love nuclear energy before he became uh, you know uh, Prime Minister or even you know earlier than that he was always talking about how great nuclear energy is. Now his hands are tied because he's you know the, we have this really weird parliamentary uh, situation where the Green Party is kind of uh, controlling everything in terms of keeping hostage and 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 you know so so it's it's i'm you know the next election is in 2022 i'm i'm fairly confident that we will get a pro nuclear uh, government in place regardless of, of, of who is the actual prime minister or or social democrats or the moderates etc
0: but I in, th- in terms of in terms of nuclear advocates in sweden i mean there's obviously you guys uh, with carnival yeah um, what, are, what are you seeing are there any public figures um, you mentioned some political parties have the courage to come out as, oh, as yeah, pro yeah, yeah 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 I are think, there I mean, any public it- figures or activists or organizations or anything like this
1: yeah, I mean, there's there's uh, there's there's our group of, of advisors. Well, I mean, they include um, you know Jose Gonzalez, who's a very famous musician in Sweden, um, one of our big um, exports of music. Uh, he he's a friend of ours, and he became an advisor and, and stepped out. I think he was probably the first like pop cultural figure to actually take a stand. But then there's a couple, and uh, there, there 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 there's more and more if you like over the past few. Um, uh, weeks we've seen this kind of momentum and of course it's politicians it's scientists it's it's um entrepreneurs that are you know all the all the all the entrepreneurs in south of sweden who are now lacking electricity to expand their plots or expand their businesses are of course very pro-nuclear and very loud about it and and but there's not like a you know it would be very helpful if Greta would just come to her senses and say guys we need nuclear um that would that would be great but i think i think the the public opinion i mentioned that before but there's there's these polls every year and i think the 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 increase in popularity of nuclear had jumped like 9 percentage points from, from last year and hmm. in another one i think the survey was up to 78% we're 74% pro-nuclear in the last one. I mean, that's... that's that's. So the Swedes are behind it, but the mm-hmm. politicians currently in office are not. And But, but what that has done is, it, this is not something you make a decision on a whim, right? You don't say, we're going to have nuclear. No, we're gonna, not going to have nuclear. And that's why this is not a question for four-year terms kind of people. It needs to be companies making decisions that are informed and, and based upon long-term policies. And that's what we thought we had when the Energieöverenskommels uh, came along. But of course that came from the, the back story of what I mentioned before, the and the thought-forbidden law that, that ended in 2006. <laughs> And that's what's the crazy. literal
0: translation eh? It's
1: crazy. Wow. You know, Swedes are usually good with sugar coating stuff and branding stuff, you know, <laughs> shine or carnful. but but but, but uh, that's that they just didn't bother. You know, this was just it's you can't think that thought. sorry. yeah. and and then coming out of that, and they said, "Oh, that was stupid. That was silly. We shouldn't have done that. Then they added this incredible tax, like a punishment tax on every piece of kilowatt hour produced by electric uh, nuclear power plants that made them you know less profitable they were still profitable but then then came this new uh lovely um they, they took that tax away but instead they changed the ambition for the country from being you know clean reliable and uh, affordable to 100 percent renewable so they changed right. the goal and of course nuclear power i mean yes you could argue that it could become renewable if you look at the uranium found in seawater etc but blah, blah, blah. but it's it's a long it's a long walk right so it's better just to say put the climate goals this is the emissions that we want this is the price that we want this is the stability and the reliability and the side effects in terms of medicine isotopes etc right so yeah, if you put absolutely. those goals instead of the goal being the means, if you like a hundred percent renewable, then you would have a very different conversation. And that's just, uh, uh, hopefully happening. And I think Sharon, yeah, we yeah. shouldn't paint ourselves too big. I mean, it's a, it's a small company growing, but we've, we've came in at the right time. We tapped into the nerve of where all these decision makers, the energy politicians are focusing on this questions. And we managed to bring some, cool, um, you know, infographics and people on board and started. So, so, our, you know, but it was also, we had so many questions, you know, from investors, etc. that wanted to jump in. And we always said, no, we want this to be controlled by us because again, we don't know, we don't want to be painted with the brush of being, you know, funded by the establishment or, you know, we yeah. wanted this to be two guys, fathers <laughs> that are trying to do something sincere for the future generations and we were lucky enough to get all this organic growth that we could, you know, build a company that's now performing pretty well, you know, only six months into delivering electricity. Uh-huh. So, yeah. so it's, uh, I, yeah.
0: Yeah. I No, I think, um, you know, what you just, uh, what you just said about the need to pursue goals, not means is, is just so important because again, with, with culture wars, I think we really lose focus on what our true objectives should be. And, and that can come down to issues of, you know, uh, farming as well, right? Where there's, you know, it's kind of organic versus not organic. And it's a bit of a false paradigm, right? We should set goals around creating, you know, a sustainable agriculture that, you know, is the best thing possible for the soil while feeding the planet and, and then choose the means based on that, right? And it may be a mix of some features of, you know, what's currently described as organic agriculture. It may include almost certainly would include things like genetic engineering and just using the most appropriate tools to, to achieve the goal. So yeah, I, I, that's, that's a really, I think a really good way of, of looking at things.
1: I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's that's exactly and it, it translated. You know, and this is what I try to mean. I feel I that that I, I, I sense that they're the next generation. If you look at your kids or or you know my kids growing up, they're they 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 are a no nonsense generation, if you like, <laughs> and and they're not going to care if the label says organic or bio. They're going to look at the facts, saying this had this emission, this came from this country, this came you know uh, you know what what you know how far did it travel. What is the, and these things are not going to be, you know, lobby organizations. I'm sorry guys, but you're not going to have. It's got to be on
0: TikTok, John. It's got to be on TikTok.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, TikTok's even. (laughs) even And I think there's a real, you know,
0: there is a real role for, um, you know, what in medicine we call knowledge translation and closing that gap. Right. And some of that is on communication. So Again, I want to yeah. thank you for coming on, on the fo- on the on the program, and um, you know, and doing some of that knowledge translation for our listeners. It's been really <laughs> excellent to get a a sense on the ground of what things are like from Sweden. It's uh, you know something I'm aiming to do with the podcast is is, is talk to folks and get a perspective, um, you know, in countries that do have nuclear energy on on the history of sort of how they got it and, and where they're at now. And the story you're painting of uh, Sweden, I think, um, it, it gives me some hope.
1: Well, yeah, I mean the jury's out, but I think we're you know because we've had all the things that the world wants in the past, and then we're now trying to take it away. But hopefully, in the last, you know, the f- scene of the film, we're going to put our electricity back on, and everyone's going to be happy. But it's a, it's it's um it's it's a it's really a cool space. <laughs> It is a cliffhanger, and it shouldn't be right because we have bigger yeah. fish to fry. We need to save the the, the world from 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 hardships rather than a fight about renewables
0: absolutely okay john well again thanks for coming on the show it's been a real pleasure
1: thank you chris take care
0: bye now if you enjoyed the podcast please make sure to subscribe like and review us on your podcast platform of choice until next time guys